Hello and welcome my fellow officials to the Art of Officiating with Joe Forte. Before we get into the, today's episode, I would also like to extend a welcome to all of our international officials. The Art of Officiating has now expanded into 15 other countries besides the United States. We are represented in Canada, Luxembourg, Puerto Rico, Ireland, Sweden, Australia, Mexico, the United Kingdom, Germany, Switzerland, Norway, France, India, Singapore, and my country of Italy. Our voice is being heard around the world, and we welcome all of our international officials to our podcast, The Art of Officiating with Joe Forte. We would love to hear from you, so please send us your thoughts about our podcasts, any comments or any plays you would like for me to discuss, and you can send your emails to aoojforte at gmail.com. That's aoojforte at gmail.com. In our last episode, we talked about two words that we can apply to our officiating. Questions and assumptions. And we did a deep dive into both of how those words interface with our officiating. Today, we are going to post a play on our podcast, which will illustrate exactly what we're talking about when we talk about questions and assumptions. I think you're going to enjoy this clip and I'm going to do a deep dive into it because it really has many things that uh, we can learn from. It's a great game ending situation. So what I would like for you to do is just watch the clip through its entirety and when it's over, just pause it and say to yourself, what are the two glaring things that I see? And I'm sure you would say that the first is, where's our center official? He bails out on the play. The other thing you will probably say to yourself is, the official minister in the throw-in, he retrieves the ball and moves towards the individual, the player that is making the throw-in, bounces the ball to him, and the player runs the baseline. Now, I want you to replay this clip again. And once again, at the end, stop it. What else comes to your attention? You will probably say 
as the administering official comes out on the court to retrieve the ball, the coach on the sideline is waving to his team, yelling at him, trying to get their intention to instruct them on the plays on the court. We need to get him off of the court. Now, let's go deep into this play. We got 1.3 to go in the game. Villanova, the team in white, is inbounding the ball in their backcourt. They're down by two. The question that I have for you is this. Do you think the crew came together during the timeout preceding this play? Now, you might say, well, maybe they didn't have a timeout. Maybe a timeout wasn't called and they weren't able to get together. And that could all very well be true. I don't know if there was a timeout taken or not. However, with the score at 64-62, and we're in the last few minutes of a ball game, a team is going to call a timeout at some point from five minutes or so down to the game ending place. At which time, the crew chief will get together with his crew and discuss game ending situations. So let's just say that there was a timeout called prior to this play. With 1.3 to go in the game and the ball being inbounded in the backcourt, Villanova really doesn't have too many options, do they? They can either throw a long pass at midcourt, catch, shoot, catch, dribble, shoot, or they can set a screen in the backcourt as they did to try to get a quick throw-in, dribble up the court with a shot. I mean, those are the only two things, basically, that they can do, right? So, when you come together with game-ending situations, the crew chief will take control, and the things that he will talk about would be, where is the ball going to be put in play? In this situation, it was probably after a made basket, so the offensive player can run the baseline. We want to make sure that the clocks are right and display the correct time. We want to make sure that our partners are in the correct position. So you know that there's basically two things that Villanova can do. So the crew chief would instruct the trail official going to lead that if we have most of the players coming up into the backcourt, then you must take a position somewhere around the midcourt line to help with any screens in the midcourt area. We also would like to have our center official at the free throw lane line extended so he can help on weak side rebounding, I mean weak side screens. So, When we come out of the timeout and the administering official has the ball, his first thing 
is to look at your partners to make sure that they are in the correct position. Now, in this situation, we have the Villanova player up at the free throw line, and we have no center official. Well, it's obvious that the offensive player is going to come down the lane and set a down screen, back screen, which the center official is responsible for. Now, if there were no Villanova players in the backcourt and most of the players were up around the midcourt line, then you know that there's going to be a long pass to the midcourt, right? So the center official would adjust his position accordingly to help out in refereeing that play. So you're going to make an adjustment, whether you're the center or the new lead, according to the position of the players. So if the administering official in this particular play looks over and sees no slot official, then it's imperative that he signals to that official to get him in the right position. Once he has established himself in the correct position, the administering official check the, the clocks, check the scores table, see if there's any late subs coming in for matchup purposes. And then what do we normally do? Before we hand the ball to the offensive player making the throw in, we say to him, you could either run the baseline or you can't run the baseline. So in this situation, we know that he can run the baseline. Very simple. So when you hand him the ball and he is permitted to run the baseline, that is not going to shock you. I think what occurred in this play is the Amiristan official retrieved the ball. He immediately passed it to the player making the throw in. The player now runs. The attention of the administering official is all focused on that player running the baseline. It's just human nature. You're going to look at him. At which time we got a back screen, which is illegal and an incorrect call. Now, let's just say that the center official was at the free throw lane line extended where he should be in that area. Number five is right in his view. So he would be able to see number five start to come down the lane to set the screen. He sees the play from the beginning, the start of it, as it starts to develop, and the end of the play. Then he can come up with the correct call. The administering official is responsible for the throw-in and the throw-in only. It's the responsibility of the two other officials to make sure that they're refereeing 
off ball. So even in the event that you had a double whistle on this play, which you shouldn't, but let's say you did, then the lead already knows that he is going to yield to the center official because it's on his side and it's his play. So what we do is we're in the last 1.3 of the game. Both teams appears that they're in the penalty, which is another thing that you would talk about in your game-ending conference. You also talk about you know, timeouts, being in the bonus, and what, you know, what can happen. So if we did our job, then we would get the correct coverage on the play. It's that simple. And even if there wasn't a timeout, before you ever put the ball in play, with game-ending situations. You always check to see where your partners are, subs, and the clocks. Always, always before you put the ball in play. So what we have here is an assumption. We assume that our officials are in the correct position without any foresight to look to see if they were in the right position. So we put the ball in play. We get surprised by the offensive player running the baseline. Now we have a collision, and now we make a call. It's an illegal screen. It doesn't give them time. It doesn't give them time and distance, okay? But the thing about this play is we lacked the preparation and we went to assumptions and we didn't follow our fundamentals. As you have heard me say many, many times, if you know your rules and if you know your coverage, your fundamentals of coverage, you're on your way to success. Why the slot official slash center official moves from his position, I have no idea. You cannot leave the lead official or the administering official, which is the trail going to new lead. You can't leave them alone when you have a player coming down the lane to set a screen. So when you look at this play, there's so much that we can learn from this play. And I don't like to be critical, but there are times when, as referees, you have to be more professional. You have to be more diligent to what you're doing. This is a game-ending situation. And it's a desperate situation for Villanova because they only have 1.3 and they got to go to length of the court to score. And when you have desperate situations, <laughs> crazy things happen. 
because they're fighting time. So the lesson to be learned here is don't assume anything. Don't referee on assumptions. Know your fundamentals. Know your responsibilities when you are the administering official on a throw-in. It only takes a couple seconds to check your partners, check the clocks, take a look at the scorer's table to see if any subs are coming in the game. If we would have done this, if the administering official, once he retrieved the ball, prior to him giving it to the offensive player responsible for the throw-in, if he would have checked those three areas, we would have been more successful in this play. So when you get to the last, could be six minutes, but usually around five minutes or so, and the game is close, and we have teams calling timeouts, it is imperative that the crew chief get together. Don't assume anything. Even if you're working with your two best friends, don't assume anything, because that's what we do in college officiating. We assume too much because we're working with our friends. You have a job to do. Get get together. Talk about what can happen in this sequence. And be alert. Expect the unexpected. I hope you enjoy this play and the deep dive that we have uh, able to do with it. It was a, a really great play. And it's a great play to learn from. And, and that's what it's all about. Okay, so we don't continue to make these mistakes. Once again, I thank all of you for your loyal support. It is great that we are now into 15 other countries besides the United States. Our voice is being heard globally, and that is great. Now, continue to send your emails in to me. Give us some play situations, things that you would like for us to talk about, because we are here for one simple reason, and that is to make you the very best referee that we can. And all the knowledge that we can give you, we certainly will extend your way because that is our mission here at The Art of Officiating. Until then, and our next podcast, may all your calls be the correct ones. Be safe out there, especially with all this virus going around. And enjoy the game. Enjoy your partners and referee to your fullest with each and every game. Thank you and good day.